If talking about new travel destinations or discovering the latest travel gadgets gets your heart racing just like mine, well then, you are in the right place. Hello there, I'm Katrina Rountree and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Come, our podcast about the wonders of travel, a place where we share memories from recent trips and we dream about upcoming adventures. So get your passports ready and join me for Journeys to Come. Hello and welcome to Journeys to Come. You are just in for the most lovely chat right now. I have the wonderful Oracle of Paris, I call him. Michael Irwin is with us now and and he's uh, a part of the furniture at the five-star Victoria Palace Hotel. Hello and welcome Hello. to the show. Now, I say you're a part of the furniture, but what's your, what's your actual role at the Victoria Palace? Well, officially I'm Director of Sales. Um, but I, I have been there long enough that I do actually blend in with the furniture. <laughs> you do, you do. Yes. I think that the appeal of uh, of the Victoria Palace Hotel is its location. Could you paint the picture for us exactly where you will find the hotel? The um, the, the hotel's in a in a funny neighbourhood. It's just south of Saint Germain des Prés on the six in the sixth arrondissement, left bank. It's a funny neighbourhood because it has become the sort of faux bohemian village for Paris. Um, everyone's wandering around with sort of ponytails and beards. Um, but, of course, property in that neighbourhood is extremely expensive, which is why I refer to it as faux bohemian. A lot of creative sorts there, and they all want their little creative restaurants and their little creative boutiques. So it's it's a very lively, but at the same time, it's very much sort of a village. Where everyone knows each other. It's, it's a funny atmosphere. It's a lovely part of Paris. And I think the point of difference mm. is, of course, Paris is famous for its extraordinary five-star hotels, but, but where you are, it is more a local neighbourhood. You are genuinely mixing with local life day in, day out. Exactly. And it's a Paris that a lot of people don't really see. They, they, many people think of Paris as being a bit grand and formal, and there are those moments. Um, but the French also are extremely down to earth and they're casual in their informal in their formality. It's a bit it's it's hard to explain, but our neighborhood is very much the French amongst themselves being with each other. So they're not putting on a show for foreigners. They're just being themselves. Mm-hmm. And that gives the flavor to the neighborhood. I, I just have to um clear up for our listeners. You sound as as British as they come. Yes, well, that's a complete fraud. <laughs> Can you please explain that? <laughs> well, actually, I'm an American. Oh. Um, <laughs> I said it was a complete fraud. I wasn't expecting that. No, I'm a complete fraud. Uh, but I spent my childhood in England, and I've lived in France most of my life. So I'm a Parisian, um, but I wasn't born there, but I've really taken to it. Gosh, you dress like one. I just have to try to explain to people you are wearing the most exquisite navy suit um, classic, classic French style. I have no idea who would have designed it. Uh, a beautiful, beautiful, almost peacock style tie. You do look like a, a is it a, is it a, I need to ask this, is it a Parisian or a Parisian? Um, well, however you want. We say Parisian. <laughs> oh, sing it. Okay then. <laughs> Travel is often best shared with friends and family. So please share this podcast with your travel companions and make sure you subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you collect your podcasts. What do you love about your job? I love two things. I love to be able to go around the world telling people how wonderful Paris is 
because even though I've lived almost all my life there, I'm still in love with Paris. Um, pourquoi? Pourquoi? Because it's so beautiful and because the cheese is so good. <laughs> Keep it simple. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I just love the fact that when I'm in town, when I'm at the hotel, a lot of my job is to try is to help ease people into Paris, to explain to them the things they wouldn't know about about why Parisians little things. Why do we not use bread plates? I don't know. Why do you not use bread plates? Because if there's a tablecloth, you assume that the tablecloth is clean. So we don't use bread plates. Bien sir. Okay. <laughs> and these are, you know, why explaining to people that, well, in France, if things are done properly, a woman should never have to touch a bottle of wine. It should be poured for her. I couldn't agree with you more. I thought you might. I couldn't agree with you more. I remember one of the joys um, when, when I was able to, to stay with you with my best friend, which was really lovely. It was spontaneous, but really lovely, uh, were the tours that you sent us on around the neighbourhood. Tell us about the, the tours that, that you have designed. Well, that's, that's what I mean. It's, it's, it's all about discovering how, how we live in Paris. So we do our what we call our foodies discovery trail, which is where you go to the cheesemonger and you go to the charcutier who does pâtés and sausages and hams. You go to the bakery, the Poilane Bakery, which is a very, very old bakery. The oven was uh, built around 1780, something or other. Um, and chocolates and just the street markets, because that's how we live. We actually like to shop that way. Or we have our little shortlist of our favorite chocolatier, um, because the French do lovely chocolates. And we have another one, which is just our little shopping guide, where we deliberately avoid all the big names you'll find at the airport. So it's, it's trying to get people to discover the Paris that we know and to take it on our terms. Something that I got completely wrong when I was there was how to dress. I felt a little bit discombobulated when I was there. I think for a lot of people when they go to Paris they think I'm going to bring it. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pull out the labels. I'm 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 going to raise the bar. And I realized No. <laughs> no. Uh, first of all, rule number one in Paris, it is considered better to underdress than to overdress. So if, when in doubt, go down one. Um, labels should be used with great caution and discretion. Um, and the most important thing, perhaps, especially for French women, is you have to be, it has to suit you and it has to be comfortable. And if you're uncomfortable in your shoes, in your dress, then you will not, exude the confidence and the, how should we say, the... Um, je ne sais quoi. That je ne sais quoi that makes the Parisian woman, yes. What, uh, who I am visualising as, as you're speaking was the, uh, the shop that you sent me to of the uh, muse, the icon, Inez de la Fressange. Um, she's on your, your shopping tour. And oh, she yes. She really epitomises. She is the Parisienne by, by, par excellence. Uh, because she's... Because she's casual, because she's fun, because she's beautiful, but she doesn't, she doesn't do too much because she, she really is the epitome of the Parisienne. Want more travel in your day? Well then, join us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Journeys to Come and follow us. And while you're there, hey, how about you share your own travel pics and stories with the hashtag Journeys to Come. What is the best time to visit you? Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know that there's a bad time to go to Paris. I don't know if there's a bad time. That's, that's right. I remember I accidentally arrived the first day of sales. 
I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> it depends on if you ask my bank manager or not. But um, it really, it, it is ever-changing, I suppose, isn't it? Well, no, and Paris has joys for all the time. So we have sales twice a year uh, in January and in June. Um, so if you want to, to, to you, the sales, you know, you have to hit on the first two days because things get picked over. Otherwise, my favorite time in Paris probably is the autumn, but that's because of the food. Because oh. the autumn foods, that means chestnuts, truffles, game, and you only get those at a short time of the year and several mushrooms that only appear at that time of year. But the springtime is beautiful because you get lots of rain, um, so you can get good and soaking wet, mm. uh, which allows you to uh, enjoy sitting in a cafe watching the rain drop down. That's another joy. Or you can come, if you come in June, you have the long evenings. It's daylight until half past 10, mm. uh, which is just glorious. So the, really almost any time. And the advantage of January, the days are short, but there's no one in the museum, so you don't have to queue up to get into anything. I have to also ask, how safe is Paris now? Uh, I found that um, every time I go there, mm. uh, people seem to ask me that. They seem to be concerned, and it's... Uh, Respectfully, it's almost a ridiculous question once you get there. You, you feel completely safe. It, by and large, Paris is a safe city. Um, you know, obviously, there can be the occasional incident, but by and large, it's a safe city. Um, you know, the good news is, um, I, I don't know, people getting assaulted, murdered, killed, you know, as a rule, doesn't, you know, it's not something that happens very often compared to certain other cities in the world. Um, it's very safe for a woman to walk alone at night. That's mm. not a problem. Um, it is a safe city. Uh, we have a little issue with pickpockets, so you have to just make sure your belongings are carefully stowed away in your, about your person. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there are real, no real issues, uh, and it's not on the every, not on an everyday basis. I'm changing the subject slightly, but I, I just really wanted you to share uh, with with everyone this restaurant that you sent me to. On the first day of sales, you sent me off to Bon Marché. It was wild it was the sale was completely wild um but then you said i must try this particular restaurant down a certain laneway could you explain Uh, that was le recamier le recamier is run by a chef called gerard idou uh he does souffles that's his speciality he does he's been doing it for a long time he does you can actually have a three-course souffle dinner with him because he'll do half souffle so you can have a half souffle starter full souffle main and then another half souffle for dessert or a full souffle for dessert if you're really very hungry. Well, I'm a bit upset because I took my best friend there mm. and she only had souffle for main and dessert. So she's mm. going to be terribly upset. She'll have to come back. She'll have to come back. She'll have to come back. The funny thing about the restaurant is um, many years ago, um, it was in a little tiny nook. And uh, a friend of mine who was from Palm Beach thought it was not posh enough for her. So I one, one day came across a little newspaper clipping um, that the French president Chirac at the time had taken the German prime minister, the chancellor, um, Schroeder, to dinner there. And then the following Valentine's Day, the king of Belgium had brought the queen of Belgium there. Excuse me? Yeah, exactly. As I said to the queen the other day, I can't stand a name <laughs> dropper. But anyway. <laughs> oh, look, I have to say that when we went there, I have to say we did actually have politicians, the most elegant-looking female politicians, actually, who were sitting along the side. Look, I'm sorry, Michael, I've just got to ask you... Um, I saw them eating souffle and they were the size of forks. How do French women stay so thin? That's a great secret. (laughs) You're not going to share it with me? Well, it's a combination of things. Um, Rule number one, no breakfast. Oh. That's rule number one. Breakfast is coffee. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rule number two, honest girlfriend. When you go shopping with your girlfriend, 
She needs to tell you whether it fits or not. <laughs> uh, rule number three, honest husband. <laughs> uh, it works the other way around too. You'll notice that the, um, the men also tend to be thin because their wives will also insist on them keeping their figure. Um, and rule number four, just don't eat. <laughs> Ever. You play with your food, you have three bites of something absolutely delicious, and then you think of something else. While you're listening, why not add some travel to your inbox? Sign up for my weekly travel updates at journeystocome.com. You do so much traveling beyond uh, Paris as well. When you travel the world, what do you always throw into your suitcase? What do you never leave home without? Oh, gosh, there's so many things. Um, uh, sketchbook. Um, let's see, um, um, rubber overshoes, because you never know when the rain will hit. Um, rubber overshoes? Yes. Like gum boots? Yes. Oh. Well, they're, but they're, well, I don't know. They're, 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 they're little, they just cover your shoe. Oh, okay. But they're very, when you get caught out in the rain or the snow without expecting it, they're very useful. Um, toothbrush, perhaps? Oh, that's a very good, very yeah, good idea. Yeah, toothbrush is useful. Good tip, right, right. Okay. Uh, what do you hope to do while you're here in Australia? My neck of the woods. Um, uh, well, you know, it's always, it's always a joy to come to Australia. First of all, it's summer here. I just left Paris under the snow, which is very, very beautiful. But I'll take the summer. Um, and it's always wonderful to just... I'm here to promote Paris, of course, but also... It's such a pleasure to work with Australians because they're, they're friendly, they're polite, um, the food is good, uh, the wines are good. Um, I hope to drink much more Australian wine before I leave. I'll drink it with you. Oh, yes. Very good. <laughs> I would like to bring it back as, uh, as we wrap up our, our little chat to, to your, your home uh, away from home, to, to the Victoria Palace. Could you, could you try to, to paint the picture of, of when we find the this little hotel, what sets it apart as we walk through the doors? And it's, for me, it's just so beautiful, it's so intimate, but, but how do you paint the picture of... I say first and foremost, it's an extremely French hotel. It belongs to a French gentleman. He collects French furniture from the 18th century. He sits on the board of the, the Friends of Versailles. So he really took care of the decor. He wanted to make sure it was authentically French. Everything was done by skilled craftsmen using traditional techniques. You may not see it, but you feel it and it shows the quality of the decor and the, just the Frenchness of it. Um, and everything we do is built around that, introducing people to Paris, making sure that they realize they're in Paris from the, from the moment you wake up in the morning, open your eyes, you're clearly in Paris. Um, and it should be a total French experience. Um, elegant, traditional, but with modern conveniences. Um, that's the way... That's what we like. That's how we do things in France. We want things to. We don't. We want to keep our traditions, but we don't mind moving into the modern age either. Well, Michael Owen, it's been lovely chatting to you, and I can't wait to come back and see you again at the Victoria Palace Hotel. Thank you. I'll, your room is ready. <laughs> yes. Favorite words. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Journeys to Come. If you want any more information on the places that we visited, all the people we spoke to, then visit our website, journeystocome.com, for full details. <laughs>